Welcome back to Horn Takes. It's week 11 of college football. It's week one of college basketball. Today we're going to go around the horn. We're going to talk about all the games over the weekend in college football. Starting out with the big one, Tennessee on the road in Georgia. So, Leading up to this game, I I talked a lot about Tennessee's inexperience in big games. I talked about having to go on the road for the for the first time. Really, they've been on. They had two road games leading up to this game, uh, and this was their first really big road game. Ranked number one in the country, going into a place like Athens, Georgia, that you knew was going to be crazy against the defending national champs, that had to feel a little bit disrespected. Georgia had to feel like we're the defending national champions. Why in the world is Tennessee ranked above us? Why is Tennessee ranked number one? We talked about Georgia's defense. Kirby Smart talked about Kirby Smart trying to figure out a way to slow Hendon Hooker down. And I and I I said he would. And I I think that's you know, that was my reason for why Georgia would win that football game. Man, I didn't expect them to slow them down the way they did. Going into that game, Georgia had 10 sacks on the whole season. I think they had six or seven in that game alone. They were in the backfield the entire game. They wore Tennessee's offensive line completely smooth out. Tennessee didn't look like a really good team. They look like a team that was wearing the burden of being the number one team and having a lot of expectations. And that's what that's what happens to a lot of teams that get turned around like that. You know, teams that are in these quick turnaround mode, they go play a big game on the road. They don't they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle to be the number one team in the country. I predicted 45-35. Final score was 27-13. I was way off. Wow. Georgia Georgia just looked really good. And, and Tennessee just honestly looked really pedestrian. And when you think about Alabama having to go on the road to LSU and how that game turned out, you just wonder how, how big of a win that really was for Tennessee over number one Alabama. Now, I know, I know that the fans – see it as just, hey, we finally beat Alabama after, what, 15 years or 16 years or some crazy long streak that they hadn't beat Bama. So I get that from a fan perspective. Of course, it's a huge game. But I'm talking about uh, as, as you look at the program and where the program really stands, where it really stacks up against other football teams and other programs in the country, was that win over Alabama at home, was it really even all that prophetic? I don't know. All I do know is Georgia's defense played an amazing game on Saturday. The offense did just enough to get a, a good lead and hold on to it. Kirby Smart is definitely the best defensive coach in the country. Tennessee was averaging 49.5 points a game going into that game. 13 points. And the only touchdown was in garbage time. So 
So now where does Tennessee wind up in these playoff rankings? I don't know. Uh, I know one thing. Georgia's going to be at the top of them. And I don't expect them to come down from that for the rest of the year. I think the question really is if Tennessee wins out, are they still in the college football playoff? I think they'll probably get in. I don't, I don't know. It's it's tough. There's a lot of one-loss teams. Uh, the Big Ten might have two one-loss teams. Or one one-loss team, one undefeated, Michigan or Ohio State. Got the Pac-12 with some undefe- or one-loss teams. Oregon. Possibly USC. So I don't know how the college football stuff's going to all shake out from a playoff perspective. Talked a little bit about that Alabama game. Having to go on the road again. They're not good on the road this year. They're not good on the road this year. This is probably the least impressive Alabama has looked since they started looking impressive. I think they lost two games in 2019. But if you look at the whole of their season this year, it just hasn't been all that impressive. They went on the road to Austin, didn't look great. They looked undisciplined. It took a pretty heroic drive at the end. For them to come back and win that game. Texas is an okay team, but they're not they're not top tier. They're, they're not there yet. Then a really bad AM team took them to the wire in Tuscaloosa. I think that's the biggest shocker of, of everything. Watching Texas AM season so far, what the hell is going on in Aggie Land? A&M, at the beginning of this season, was all but a lock for the college football playoff. This was going to be the year. They just signed the most historic class in recruiting ranking history. This was supposed to be the year. The Aggies were going to get it done. They were going to go to the college football playoff. Here they are sitting at three and six. With a pretty decent shot, they're not going to make a bowl game. They got to go to Auburn. And Auburn's not a good football team. They don't have a head coach. Fired their head coach in the middle of the season. But they're almost like a wounded animal. And they played a pretty decent game against Mississippi State this weekend. I would not be surprised one bit if A&M went on the road and dropped a game to Auburn. They'll probably win the game against, oh, who is it? UMass at home. But then they got to play LSU. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they can run that table to become bowl eligible. And it makes me wonder, how long is Jimbo Fisher going to be there? How how long will the boosters at A&M and the fans at A&M continue to have these hyped-up expectations? I mean, in that, I'm talking like, look, 
Texas has had some times in their past where they've had high expectations and the country's had high expectations of them and they've, they failed, but failed then meant they lost like two games. Not they lost seven, eight, nine games. How long are they going to put up with that before they can Jimbo? I think the only thing that's keeping them from doing it, honestly, is that ginormous buyout. What is it? 95 million. But back to Bama. Bama just has not looked good, and they have they have not looked good on the road, especially. I think LSU is a talented team, and I talked about that on Friday. I didn't give a prediction for that game, but I said, listen, Alabama's going on the road where they haven't been good, and they're playing an LSU team that's got a lot of momentum and a lot of belief, and she, Brian Kelly is a good coach. What I'm worried about for Bama is having to go into Ole Miss this weekend. Ole Miss had a bye week. It's on the road again. I don't know. Ole Miss is one of the top rushing teams in the country. Maybe they can keep that rushing game going, shorten the game, get out of there with a win. I don't know. Talked about maybe, maybe is this like the beginning of sort of the slide for Alabama? Maybe are we starting to see like the end of the Nick Saban dynasty? Man, I think you I think you go and lose that game and lose two in a row. I think you're starting to see it. I, th- I think I think we're living in those times. If Now Nick Saban, greatest motivator on the planet. He he managed to he managed to convince a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds that had won multiple national championships and basically dominated college football for the stretch of a decade. He managed to convince those guys that they weren't good enough and that they needed to be better for a very long time. If anybody can get that team turned around and go on the road. And listen, Ole Miss isn't like a great team either, but they're decent and they're dangerous. They got some weapons. If anybody can take them in there and and win that and turn this thing around, it's Nick Saban. But I don't know, man. That does not look like the same Alabama we've seen for the last 12 years. Doesn't look like the same Nick Saban we've seen for the last 12 years. Where's the defense? Texas goes on the road to Kansas State. They do what they got to do. They did what they had to do. 
They went on the road. They got a win. I didn't expect that. If I'd have been laying money on that game, I'd have been laying money on K-State. But hey, congratulations to Texas, man. They went on the road. They did what they had to do. They won a road game. They beat a ranked team. So they kind of got two monkeys off their back, at least for a little bit, at least for a week. They got two monkeys off their back. Now they got TCU coming into Austin. Another opportunity to beat a ranked team. Another opportunity to take the next step as a program. I think they're going to have to fix some stuff to do it, though. Two games in a row, Texas has scored 31 points in the first half and then turned around in the second half and scored three. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, what does this team do at halftime to come out the way they come out and just they can't execute. This week it was turnover, penalties. Against Oklahoma State, it was just couldn't execute the run game. I think there were some penalties in there as well. And Quinn Ewers couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in that game. Man, if I was if I was Steve Sarkeesian, I would we wouldn't go in at halftime. We would like sit on the sidelines like we're in a junior high game. We get some oranges, some Gatorade cups. And we just chill out and watch the band or something. I don't know what is happening. I don't know what the team does at halftime. Whatever they're doing, it doesn't work. They need to stop doing that. I just... As a fan, I just I sit there and watch these games and I'm like, how in the hell is this happening again? And I don't think it's like a lack of effort. Like it's not like they go into the locker room against K-State up 31 to 10 and they think the game's over. I don't think that's what it was at all. It's like they cannot get out of their own way in the second half. Multiple pre-stat penalties. A turnover. And in that game, by the way, they had two fumbles, and they were both uncharacteristic fumbles. I don't think... Surely, Roshan Johnson has, has put a ball on the carpet while he's been at Texas. He's been there four years. Surely, he's done it. I can't remember the last time he did it. I don't think I've ever seen Xavier Worthy lose a football after the catch. But two times in that game, they dropped the ball. They put it on the carpet. Once in the second half, once in the first half. And by the way, the one in the first half I felt like was huge. I want to say it was like 14 to 3 at that point, and they were rolling in to go up 21 to 3. Second half one was definitely a momentum killer. And then on the other side of the ball, and this is something that's even worse, Texas has not been great at taking the ball away this year. I think they're ranked 100 and something and taking the ball away. Definitely towards the back end of the rankings on taking the taking the ball away from the other team. But how many fumbles, how many times did K-State put the ball on the carpet and Texas just could not get on it? Just inexplicably. Like, 
multiple guys around the ball and they just cannot get on the ball. It is tough to watch Texas in the second half. At the beginning of the year, they weren't they weren't forcing teams to fumble. They weren't forcing interceptions. You know, they weren't they weren't doing a lot of the things that you need to get turnovers. Now they're starting to do those things, but now they just can't get the ball. <laughs> they ended up getting it. It was interesting. That game to me was sort of like the Iowa State game and the Oklahoma State game rolled into one. And what I mean by that is they let a huge lead piss away. But then the defense ended up making some plays late. And they ended up getting a turnover on the last drive of the game to seal the deal. Just like they did against Iowa State. Pissed away a lead just like they did against Oklahoma State. They're going to have to figure that out, man. Man, if Texas could could play half as good as they do on offense in the second half as they do in the first half, That would be a dangerous football team. We're talking about multiple blowouts this year. Every game they've lost this year, they've had a big lead, minus the Alabama game. They got to figure that out. I don't don't know what it is. I don't have the answers. I'm sitting in a chair. Steve Sarkeesian is one of the best offensive coaches in the country. He's got to figure that out. God bless the defense, man. I, I, they're not great at all. Uh, they they definitely have their weaknesses. But I I think I think when you look back on this season for Texas, however it turns out, if if it turns out positively and you know they run the table and play in the Big Twelve championship, which now it's looking like they may not have to run the table to play in the Big Twelve championship. Oklahoma State is struggling hard. But if they manage to play in the Big 12 championship game and somehow manage to win that Big 12 championship game, go on to play in the Sugar Bowl, I think you've got to look at that defense and say, man, they, they won them some football games. They won them some games late. Texas basketball tonight against UTEP. I'm excited to watch this game. I was really excited to watch them play against Arkansas before the Longhorn Network took that game off the air. I don't know why they did. Chris Beard in his second year at Texas. He's got a really good nucleus of players, and he's got a lot of really good players that just came in. Just picked up a commit from a top 10 in the country, five-star forward. Chris Beard's on a roll on the recruiting trail. Let's see if he can put it on the court. Big game this weekend down in Austin. TCU's coming to town. Texas plays better at home. It's going to be crazy. It's a 6.30 kick. Game day is going to be there. It's going to be a rowdy crowd. I'm going to be there. 
We're going to get up early Saturday, drive down to Austin. Spend the night and then hitch it back. Try to be home in time for my wife to watch the Cowboys. She's a big Cowboy fan. What's interesting about this game with TCU coming to Austin, TCU is a slow starting team and sort of does most of their magic on the back end. Texas is a fast starting team and literally just goes to fucking sleep in the second half on offense. So without looking at anything and thinking too hard about it, I think you got to say, can Texas build up a big enough first half lead to fall asleep for two quarters offensively and still win the game? I don't know. TCU had a player out against uh, Texas Tech injury, ankle, I think. I don't know. He's he's their best wide receiver. I don't know if he'll be back or not. He's one of those guys that changes the game because Max Duggan is so comfortable with him, he'll just throw it up and let him go get it. He sees one-on-one. He's going to throw the ball there. He trusts him. I don't feel like he has that trust with anybody else. At least it didn't look like it against Tech. And what about Tech? Wow. They were playing a really good game. And then Coach McGuire, Coach McGuire. I don't know I don't know what that dude is doing going forward on fourth. And, and it was like fourth and eight or something. Well inside of their own territory with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Now, I know they were down two scores. But, man, your defense has been playing really good the whole game. Really good. You don't get that. Just think about how deflating that is. I get going on fourth down. I get it. I think there's definitely times where you should do it. But that staff just seems like we're just going to do it. We're going to go on fourth down. It doesn't matter. I think that really hurt that team. You get those fourth downs, and sure, it's it's like a huge boost, and you're on the road, and you're you're playing one of the top teams in the country, and they're undefeated. I get that, man. I I get it. It's almost like they let their success against Texas on fourth down just kind of blind them to any sort of sense at all going the rest of the year. I thought it was a bad call. I mean, if they'd have made it, I guess you can't say it's a bad call. I mean, you can always say it was a bad idea, but they ultimately made it, right? But, man, you don't make that, and that's what happened. Boom. Game changed completely, and it got out of hand quick. And th- and then then they had to go for it. On, and then they went for it on 4th and 18, which – I think at that point there was five minutes left in the game. I don't hate that one as bad. But the problem is the one you did before that is the reason you had to do that on 4th and 18. And what the hell is Tech doing running the speed option with quarterbacks? 
And and if you're going to run the speed option with quarterbacks, why are you not doing it with Donovan Smith? Baron Morton is not a speed option quarterback. And you got him hurt running the speed option. Then you bring in that transfer from Oregon, Show or Shug, or I don't know how to pronounce his name. Shug, I, I don't know. You bring that kid in who was your starter at the beginning of the season and got hurt, broke his collarbone, and you start running the speed option with him, he might be slower than I am. I don't know. I don't know what was up with the game plan for Tech. They definitely committed to running the ball, and it was working. Not that speed option part. They weren't They weren't getting a lot with that except hurt quarterbacks. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh, – I mean, I know McGuire was a great high school Texas coach or Texas high school coach, and I know he was at, you know, on Baylor staff and all that stuff. I don't I don't know if that dude's ready to be a head coach. He's one of those rah-rah guys, right? Like he he can get guys spun up and and ready to play a game, and I think players probably like him. I don't know I don't know about his actual in game decision making. I know tech fans are excited about him. I know they were really excited about him when he beat Texas. But I don't know if they've won a game since then. Surely they have. I know they've lost some games since then. So I I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be at, in Lubbock. Check me out on... TikTok, Horns Take Podcast. You can email me at horntakespodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear your questions. Love to answer some questions on the show. We'll be back on Wednesday. do a little better recap of that Texas game and then we'll be back on Friday talk about talk about the uh, games on Saturday